News Radio WGNS Murfreesboro. The views and opinions on this show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of WGNS, its management, other hosts, or advertisers. And they are my views, I'm proud to say, and uh, but they won't be all my views tonight because our guest is going to have some views of his own, and he's known for stating his opinion, and he is not shy about it. You remember him, you know him, local attorney here in Murfreesboro, right up there on the square. Ken Berger, Ken, glad to have you back. Your headphones it's, are underneath yeah, there. Thank, the, you, for, you, thank you for the invitation. The, you Do, may not be able to. Uh, okay, you got them? Yeah, good, I got them. If, okay. if I don't need them, I won't use them. But okay, I'll whatever. Thank you. Um, thank you. He's here. Uh, we're going to talk about a case that recently that he had for one of our local citizens right here in Murfreesboro. And, uh, and we're, I'll, I'll let him share with you what is going on. And also, we have another case that he is currently, he has been in the middle of. Uh, he sent me a bunch of things this week. I have them here on my phone. But I, I didn't want, to, I, sometimes my phone will open these up, sometimes it won't. Okay? So... Uh, and uh, we're going to have him talk to you about that. And, uh, Ken, how long have you been in business? I just wonder. Over 40 years. It flies by. More than 40 years. Yeah, 40 years. I'm getting old. <laughs> See, a, a geriatric lawyer. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, I guess. You know, somebody said once it's something you just can't, re- you just I, don't retire. You know, the truth is I need to retire. I need to retire, and I have I started my plan, you know, when I put the little jazz radio station on five years ago. Right, that was, that yep. was my retirement plan. Uh, Jim Gilmore and I had been friends for years and years and, and uh, had, had decided we were going to do that. And I think he was planning on retiring, and I was. And I got a lot of hobbies. I got a long list of hobbies, everything from, I don't know, ham radio to chickens to solar panels. I know you to, did ham radio. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I like to work with wood. I I, uh, right. I I I have a lot of hobbies, so I thought, you know, I won't have any trouble keeping busy if I decide to retire. But the problem is, one of my hobbies is trying lawsuits, and I yeah. love it, enjoy it, and uh, I don't right. know, maybe it's a combination of ego and well, greed, or greed and ego, no, and it keeps pushing me forward. I don't but know, but there's something. I need in the to water. retire. I'm I'm old. Yeah, I had three <laughs> calls Friday. Yeah. Over, yeah. and I'll talk to you about them later. I, it 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 comes in waves. I, you know, and I appreciate it, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you would like to sit in the rocking chair just a, just a, a little bit and put your feet up in front of the fire. You but, know, you're right, uh, but the problem is the timetable, the stress of the deadlines is what oh, yeah. I don't like, yeah. and, and uh, uh, you know, honestly, I have to say as I've gotten older, you know, I, I feel, I've told people this, that I feel in the mornings, I feel as, I feel sharper now i think than i was when i was 50 and and it's, really but i get i get fatigued late in the afternoon i don't know if it's that covid thing that hit me judy and me a few years ago a couple of years ago but i know you I, had I, a time getting couple, over oh, that yeah, judy yeah, got yeah. your wife got over it before you did i think yeah, you remember and, we, 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 we and a lot of the guys i talked to their wives the wives got over it quicker but the guys we, you know, i don't know one or two afternoons a week not every day thankfully one or two afternoons a week that right. fatigue will hit me and I go home, sit down, rest, and I feel I feel good. You know, yep. I have the experience that um, uh, you know that 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 comes with all of the years of, of doing this, and you've become more comfortable with experience. And so, 
You know, the trade-off is youthful energy versus uh, wisdom and experience. Wisdom and experience, Wouldn't that's right. Wouldn't it be right. nice to have youthful energy at the same time you have the wisdom When you were 25 or 30 you know? and have, that, but have the wisdom to know when to keep your mouth shut and when to open it. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I would have had to keep it shut a whole bunch. Yeah, well, you know? we all can say that, I guess. Uh, of course, uh, Ken and Judy, and uh, you work with Jim Gilmore. Jim has, mm-hmm. has helped you so much eventually on your nonprofit station. Yeah. Uh, WQJZ. 103.9 and that's how i heard about this i flipped over there one night i I keep you on between wgns and you it's back and forth and you mentioned this very case we're going to talk about and i said wow i gotta get him Uh, i want to i want to get you on to talk about this and this is the case that involves the um uh, a particular firm out of uh, memphis i believe the wampler law firm right wampler sorensen right firm and they were issuing uh, letters to the uh, thing about, uh, and these were mostly to small business people because yep. the one, the lady you had up here was a personal friend of ours. Well, I knew her when she was a baby. Her, her family was personal friends of ours, the Beasley family, and Morgan B. Newman now. Yep. She's married with children. And uh, and I knew these people, and this, this bunch is not, they're not a bunch of slap shot people. I mean, everything. Quality people. Quality, quality people. Uh, and, uh, responsible right. businessmen. Right. If you'd like for me to give you the backdrop on that, because it's a, it's sort of an odd topic. Let's get topic. into that. Let me get into this, and we'll do Good that. deal. Okay. Okay. Is that all right with you? I'll Thank take you this, very much. Ed, I'll take over if you don't. Well, you're concerned. You've got enough experience. Maintain control. So I'll take over. <laughs> I think we'll be all right tonight, unless Jackson decides to run us out of here. <laughs> but for right now, my name is Evan Lee Raymer, and yes, I'm still a private investigator. Jackson's on the board. Welcome aboard. This is the Edwin Lee Raymer Show with your host, Ed Raymer, on your good neighbor station, News Radio, WGNS. And we're glad to be with you. This is Evan Lee Raymond Show. I'm your host, Ed Raymond. This show is produced at Studios, studios WGNS AM 1450, 100.5, 101.9 FM, right here in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Now, you can reach me and Ken tonight with your questions, your comments, or your thoughts at 615-893-1450. That's 615-893-1450. And you can also text us uh, your message at that number. And our producer, Jackson, will be glad to read it over the air. He'll hand it to me or Ken, and, and we'll read it for you. For those of you who do not wish to be heard live on the air. And now, you can also watch us via YouTube at WGN, at, at News Radio WGNS. We are on live right now. All of them are, are broadcast or taped there. Uh, all of them. Uh, Angela, I talked to Angela just very briefly. I got to see her tonight just when Ken and I walked in together, and she's doing a great job. She's been on there a little little less than we have, but she does a great job with Simplicity Network, does a great job, and she's just a fine person. And she is Angela Bingham of the Bingham Sisters. If you ever heard her and her sisters sing, they are very good. They've been singing since they came out of the crib. So, uh, you know, and you can download the WGNS app. And take WGNS with you wherever you go. Listen whenever you wish. Ken Berger's my guest tonight. Do you have an app for your your station yet? Uh, we Ken? do. It's it's uh, 
Uh, we wouldn't have an app. Uh, no, we, I, I, no, I jumped to that answer quicker than I should. We You're on the internet, we have, we have, obviously. We have, we, have a, we have a website. You have the we website. Have a website. Yeah, that, it's right. a pretty modest uh, website mm-hmm. for right. WQJZ-LP.com. You know, I've never checked it. I don't believe yeah. if I have. It's been a long time. Oh, we have oh, a lot of we have yeah. internet listeners from Quebec. It's Canada, amazing the station here does too. The Caribbean got some folks to Europe, I think in yeah. Switzerland. That it's weird how that did. Ireland or every wherever. now and then we'll get an email from yeah. Wales from uh, Nevis down in the. Uh, Nevis, it's unbelievable. Nevis, uh, Alberta, Canada. The young lady down Canada, in, in we, the Caribbean yeah. actually is down there in veterinary school. She's from Murfreesboro, so that oh, okay. explains some of that. But she had listened. She to likes to get a taste of home every it's once a little, in a while. A little slice of Murfreesboro occasionally, right. she said. And but um, some oddly, some European streaming service, music, jazz streaming service devoted to jazz, picked us up without inquiry or permission or anything. Which I don't, we don't care, Jim or I don't care if they sure, right. But they picked us up and started. Uh, feeding us and i think that's where a lot of the european listeners have come from now why they picked really? us up how they picked us up i don't know the technology Who knows? Or the, but it's Who interesting knows? all of a sudden we started getting the occasional i don't it's not frequent two or three a year four three or four years you know i will run into people just about every week just about that will come up to me and um you know, hey, I uh, heard that guest you had on about a week ago. They listen. A lot of people listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not into that. I don't know about you. This thing has passed me by a long time ago. I like podcasts. I walked back into the station. I said, you know, where are the eight tracks, you know, <laughs> when I came back up here. And, and, and you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, everything used That's to be that. And we've got some of that old machinery still. Dalton mm-hmm. keeps it, and, and Bart wants to keep it, of course. And it is part of history. It's part of how radio worked. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it has changed. But I'll have someone just about every week. You know, I had people this week, who, hey, who are you having on Sunday night? You know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's part of the reason the station, as I've told you, keeps me hanging, out, keeps me hanging around. You know, what are you going to do next? It's one of the um, things I've said, Ed, and, I'll, and I repeat it as often as I because I'm, I mean it. <clears throat> WGNS does local radio right. Right. Uh, AM radio, uh, people talk about fading, but it, I don't think it ever will fade. And as no. long as people do AM radio across the country the way they're doing it here in Murfreesboro at WGNS, it serves, serves a great purpose, serves a, a function that, well, uh, that you don't hear on FM. Typically. You and I have heard this. All of our lives. I'm reaching that age now. I'm 66, okay? And I know I only look like I'm in my 30s, but <clears throat> you wipe that smile. I would have never been. <laughs> yeah, I bet you wouldn't. I've worked for you longer than that. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, uh, when FM came out, you know, well, that's the end of AM radio. You yeah. know, okay, so AM may have had a lull for a while, and then all of a sudden started to come back. And then you had... FM stereo. Okay, well, that's definitely the end of AM. That's that's all of AM. We won't have that no more. Not so. It's true. Not true. Then you've had the internet, and you've had compact disc. You've had uh, CDs and all this stuff. And there are a lot of people that list, just listen to music. And that's one thing I like about your station is good music. And occasionally you throw that blues in there. You pull, throw a little B.B. Mm-hmm. King or a little mm-hmm. Willie Nelson, and I like that. And, but, you know, you never know when it's coming. 
So I wish you'd keep your phone handy and let me know when the next one's coming well, on. It's, so it's, I... on a, it's on a random rotation. <laughs> that, uh, but, you know, seriously, it, it's, yeah. it, the, the, the AM radio connection is the, it's, you know, it's the pulse of the local community. And of course, you and, are FM, people, of course. Yeah, we're FM on 103.9. Right, yeah. but it, and I know WGNS has what they call translators that are on FM, but primarily sure. it's a, it's a, it's the, it, it, uh, I, I love the way they keep their finger on that. From early in the morning to late in the evening, people who want to know about what's going on in Murfreesboro, well, that's the direct quick connection is WGNS. Well, you know, and that's what we try to do here. And we're going to touch on something tonight that is a national issue. And occasionally I do that, and I've had people, hey, why don't you get, I've got a good friend of mine, Hooper Peniel, and I I guess Hooper may be listening tonight. And, um, you know, uh, it's, uh, we've got to go national here. You've got to syndicate that thing. But I've always talked about local issues, just like we're talking about here with Morgan's case. Mm -hmm. You know, people that, I've been here since 1980. Me me and my two younger brothers, we know a lot of people here. I was 40. 44 years now Mm -hmm. you know how it is you've been in business that long you get to know a lot of people some of them we wish we didn't know we want to know everybody most of them yeah that's true you know and uh but but you know what i'm saying and you get to know a lot of people you say well you know i don't really know anyone on the national scale Mm -hmm. you know i really don't yeah but uh, uh i don't know maybe one of these days it will now tell us about your case with Morgan, I know well, she's bound to be happy and relieved at the same. Probably more relieved. This was not necessarily about suing for a bunch of money. I take it. No, no it's it's an odd. It's kind of an odd scenario. And I, and and I, the run reason, it by us again, please. Yeah. The, uh, the reason I welcome the opportunity to talk about it, it's not to come on here and and right. uh, brag about a great victory. Or as I said, I'm on my downhill slide. I'm I'm easing out of law practice and I'm doing anything but soliciting cases. I'm turning sure. away. Sure. Sure. Uh, more than I, I can possibly take. But it, this thing struck a nerve with me. I know it, it, I think it strikes a nerve with anyone who hears it. The, the background on this, let me just say this to begin with. Sure. There's this great law, this wonderful law that the Federal Congress passed many years ago called the Americans with Disabilities Act. It's Which a, is a good law. It's a very worthy law. It guarantees disabled persons to have access to public accommodations. And if it weren't for that law, the, the, you know, there are a lot of people who wouldn't do it. Uh, they would not sure. make those accommodations either for moral or, or uh, you know, other other good purposes. Financial. So it's a it's a wonderful law, but as I said, in that little spot we ran on ours, it's it, like a lot of good things in life. It can be abused, and that's what has happened. This this Memphis law firm, in the most disreputable, I think, uh, inappropriate, unprofessional way, have exploited this. Title III of the Americans with Disabilities Act. L- let me tell you this. Starting sure, about a sure. year ago, Go ahead. starting about a year ago, several Murfreesboro businessmen started getting letters from the Wampler Law Firm. Most of them from, were from a young lady attorney named Rebecca Huto, H-U-T-T-O. Ms. Huto is one of several lawyers there with the Wampler Firm. And they would, they would prepare, actually prepare a complaint with the, defend, with the business person's name on it. And they would write a letter. And that letter would say, Dear, and uh, they sent one to my friend Bill Taylor down here at the right, Taylor okay. Parade Place, and they sent one to, to uh, 
to Miss uh, Newman, whose family, Beasley and Associates, owns sure. the right. Davis place down here on Broad Street, and several other Which businesses. I was personally familiar with. Yeah, up really and down Broad Street. Yeah, right. yeah, up and down Broad Street. So they would send a letter to them, and in that letter they would say, we're we, one of our disabled testers, they call them. They send these people around the country like Johnny Appleseed <laughs> to, to see things that, that um, spot things that they think might be potential infractions. And so then, having spotted that, they send this very intimidating letter saying, here's the lawsuit. United States, you know, it's very intimidating. United States District right. Court, Middle District of Tennessee. Uh, in this case, it was David Jordan was this particular tester's name. He's filed, I don't know, dozens of cases for this right. particular law firm. David Jordan, poor gentleman in a wheelchair, but he says, I uh, attempted to access one of your properties, Miss Newman. Couldn't access it. Couldn't get in there because of the the incline, which I'll talk to you about in a minute. Pure nonsense. It's as pure nonsense. Pure in nonsense. Morgan's case, I know but, it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, couldn't get in there, and uh, so the the Wampler lady attorney, Miss Hudo, says to to Miss Newman, if you do not uh, comply comply immediately, uh, we're going to file this suit in federal court. You got I don't know thirty days or so to comply. Right. But, kicker to it. No, right now we want you to send us an attorney's fee for eight thousand dollars. This is an upfront attorney's fee for eight thousand dollars. This is not a fine. This is a this fee. is a pay the lawyer only. Keep in mind two or three things. Number one, lawyers can't split fees with clients. Right. It's it's highly unethical. You can't take a fee and then say well, the client gets half of that. Highly unethical to do that. Uh, you can take a case on a contingent fee basis, but you can't collect a statutory fixed fee and give the client half of that. That's illegal. Second point about that is that. Title III makes it highly illegal to try to collect damages. You can't, zero damages under Title III. All you can do is file the suit to force compliance, and only to the extent that, you, that the attorney has expended time that they can prove to the court, filing pleadings, doing research, all of the, going to the site to see, trying the case in court, only to that extent can the attorney collect any fee at all. So, okay. and the law is, if you send the letter and the person doesn't comply, uh, I does comply. I'm sorry. Send the letter, and the person immediately complies. There's no fee involved. That's the that makes it moot. They say. Sure. So that's the backdrop of the law involving this. But this Wampler firm, I'm telling you, hand over fist, they were taking one case right after another. And this is where the damned if you do, damned if you don't dilemma comes in. Uh, lawyers who are well accustomed to trying cases in federal court are not cheap. It's down. It's very True. intimidating. It's down there in Nashville, and the, the drive and it is down very there. expensive. And it it so you the, the it warrants the, it warrants attorney, an attorney's expense. Sure. Yeah. Well, because and, and, but the idea really is the, the the poor businessman, the poor Murfreesboro businessman, is saying, "Well, I got it. Do I send eight thousand dollars to Miss Hudo and the Wampler firm in Memphis, or do I go uh, hire Ken Berger for three or four thousand? And, yep. and with him not being able to guarantee me that we, we would win. And so exactly. maybe the best thing for me to do is just write that easy check to the Wampler firm. So dozens and dozens and dozens of people wrote those checks. Yes, sir. At, to the tune of five to $8,000. And uh, Miss Newman um, got her back up stiff about it. Uh, she, she, oh, she was not going to let him run over She her. had enough of her granddaddy so in her. She, I could tell that. She came yeah. in and she hired me. She asked me what I thought her chances were. I thought, I said, I think your chances are very, very good, but I don't make guarantees. I, sure. I have won too many. I should have lost, lost too many. I should have won. 
I go in and do the best I can. Uh, I like to brag about my great victories, and I don't talk so much about my terrible defeats. Right. But if you're if you're an honest trial lawyer, you'll admit you've got them both in your in your sure your quill in your in your briefcase. It, it happens. You've got, it happens. So yeah. anyway, long and short of that is that we 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 essentially we we filed a defense to it and essentially countersued, and we had the hearing uh, before the chief, you know, presiding United States District Judge in Nashville. Back the week, back in mid-December, uh, Waverly right. Crenshaw, one of the okay. finest federal judges in the country, and um, he did—he—he—he he, he, he did not uh, take kindly to the Wampler business model of uh, shaking down Murfreesboro businessmen, and he was—he wrote a very strident opinion. He dismissed Wampler's suit against Miss Beasley and her family. Miss, I'm sorry, Miss Newman and the Beasley family. Right. Yes. Not only did he dismiss it, but he scathingly uh, commented in his opinion that he had seen uh, something like 200 of these suits come through the federal court there in Nashville, and he knew there were many more in Memphis, and that he was a very suspect of, uh, as he quoted me, the apparent shakedown concept that had been adopted shakedown. by this Memphis what it law was. firm. Yes. And so, I mean, that's the long and short of the story. And I, I, as I said, I welcome the opportunity to say to anybody who gets one of these letters from the w- uh, Wampler Law Firm, uh, and don't, don't call me, call your lawyer. And, I, you know, if your lawyer wants to talk to me about it, I'll give him the benefit of the research we did on it. Uh, I, I, although I do not, I, I have a strong feeling after the approximate hour and 15 minutes that uh, Miss Hudo stood at the <laughs> at the uh, at the podium and uh, could not answer any of, much less all of. She really could not she, answer she this. She stumbled around. Stumbled around. Stumbled around for an hour and fifteen minutes to the point I was feeling sorry for her. Uh, and, and you know, it's, that, uh, that's it, ridiculous. It, well, you know, they have. You know, you know what makes me mad about that, Ed. She's a nice young lady. I'm not to say young lady, two years out of law school. Mm-hmm. She's not the culprit in this. She's right. working for some old. White men. They're using their, her. Who, They're usual using story. Her. They're behind the scenes running things, uh, putting somebody else out there on the uh, front line to take the heat and the embarrassment and the humiliation. And right. they rake in the those big $8,000 fees and give her, obviously, some, as a young associate, some small amount of it. So, uh, you know, I don't take, uh, take uh, any great satisfaction in attacking other law firms. That is, I was going but to ask right you, I right know you did run. not want what? to do this in your gut. It's no. something any attorney... Well, I've never done, I've never, right. I've never done yeah. that in that context before, and no, I didn't like doing it. Uh, I mean, right. the truth is, I don't know what the final chapter will be of this. She, they have appealed that uh, decision by Naturally. Judge Crenshaw, and it will be, or I guess over the next six months, it will go to the Sixth Circuit in Cincinnati. Okay. And, uh, you know, again, I'll reiterate what I said a minute ago. I, you know, I feel like the merits of the case are strong. Common sense, uh, right and wrong, should support upholding Judge Crenshaw's opinion on that. But, uh, you know, strange things happen you never in know. the court system. You and, never know. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I feel certain that the Sixth Circuit panel will uphold his decision, but it's been a lot of, of litigation at the Supreme Court in various angles on these ADA issues. There was a case back in October, and to tell you how crazy this has gotten, a case last October where that involved a young woman who was indeed handicapped, tragically handicapped, but one of the requirements of the law is that hotels must have on their website right information about 
how their properties are ADA accessible, how they're okay. ADA compliant sure. and, and handicap accessible. So they're developed a bit of a cottage industry. You know, this is what people lose confidence in the legal system. This crazy exactly. Stuff. They, right. they developed a cottage industry where these so-called ADA testers, they wouldn't even go to the hotel in the Loeffler, L-A-U-F-L-E-R case that was argued in the U.S. Supreme Court back in October. In the Loeffler case, this young lady would sit on her, get up in the morning and she would go to her computer and she would go to the websites of all of these hotels. And if they didn't have the exact, precise technical requirements met on their ADA disclosure, oh, no. she had her law firm that she was working with. Right. And th- literally thousands and thousands of cases filed on behalf of this young lady named Ms. Loeffler. Well, she lo- you know, our, our, the U.S. Wow. Supreme Court uh, mm. affirmed, you know, one of those judges up in New York had said enough is enough and ruled against her. And, right. and it, there's some technical standing issues that I'm not going to go and launch into a seminar on this, but there were several bases upon which the New York court um, ruled against Ms. Loeffler, and it ultimately made its way up through the intermediate appellate system, and the U.S. Right. Supreme Court said uh, that, 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 um, uh, that she could not prevail. But that issue and several other ADA issues are still a bit cloudy and unresolved, and there's this tension there. There's this need to recognize the sanctity of that ADA law that disabled True. people need to be protected. True. So that you right. got that strong public policy decision over here. And then over on the right, you've got weasel attorneys who figure out, well, how can I right. hustle big dollars out of this uh, with, with low exposure? And, uh, uh, you know, that, that's the, 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 those are the two competing public policy uh, considerations. And to let people know, they were coming after people like me. S- small businessmen, small not, the, business not the big men. people like Walmart. People like, for example, to, list, to name names, Walmart, Kroger, Publix. These companies that build these shopping centers. Well, they got whatever. attorneys on staff who but here, fire that's back. That's probably one of the first things they put in an architectural drawing. It's where's your handicap access. You're, right. You're, You're right. going to have to have it. We're not fighting it. We're not trying to get around it for not only for just to get in and out the door, but for uh, restroom accessibility and all that. Yep. So and, that's and, the first thing they put right. down, Walmart but they can afford it. They Walmart and Kroger, have, they have their staff attorneys. They don't right. have to, like a local family business, struggle with, well, what do we do? Do we go down here and do we go ahead and pay the shakedown firm, the Wampler firm, we pay them the 8000 that they're demanding up front, even though they have not done any time on the lawsuit. Exactly. They were using a standard pro forma complaint. Do we go ahead and write that big check to them? Or do we go down the street and try to find a, a lawyer? I don't know how many attorneys in Murfreesboro practice in, in federal court. They probably have 200 in and around this area, and I would doubt that more than 20 or 30 not many. Practice not many that I've known in, in my experience with but, all you guys and gals. You know, yeah. do, do I write the big check to lawyer A or to lawyer B? That's the right. damned if you do, damned if you don't dilemma upon which the Wampler's business, shakedown business model was built. Force them into making that, sh- shake them up with the letter and the lawsuit with their yeah. name already on there with the U.S. District Court. Because no one likes Let's to get, get a letter from you guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like mine. I don't, it, uh, being a private investigator. <laughs> I never sent out Christmas cards. You know, I'm it's pretty hard to do. You know, honey, who's this Ed Reimer at Private Investigation? <laughs> that needs to go into the fireplace You're quick. Right. You know, but I mean, I mean, what? Let me ask you. Let's say I received one and said, "Trash can it." 
what what would happen? What if, oh, if no ahead. one ever answered those these people? Well, you know what what ha- you know uh, a lot of people, most people are uh, you know responsible businessmen. They're not going to sure. throw that into the into the wastebasket. But if they did, they would simply sue them. I mean, they, as as Ms. Ms. Beasley, I'm not sorry, I'm keep I'm sorry, Ms. Newman did exactly right. that. She ignored them. She said, "I'm just not going to pay any attention to them. I'm going to ignore them." Well, next thing you knew, she was being served with process by a process service, so she was sued. And that's what brought her to my office uh, through a mutual friend. I didn't know Miss Newman from anybody. Really? They sued her, and so she had no choice. You have 30 days to answer, or they take a default against you, including the fees. So... Uh, that, All they perfectly throw, legal. They throw the gauntlet down, and you either you you know, you you ignore that party invitation, you uh, you'll regret it later. So uh, she had no choice. And, and of uh, course, as we know, just because something is legal, doesn't mean it's ethical. Or or makes we've sense. seen you or and I have sense. seen it most of our adult yeah, life. Yeah. Or makes common sense. That's Jackson's exactly going right. to come in here. We're going to go to our first uh, series of breaks. Ken, thank you for doing this. This is important, and it's important to our merchants here because most businesses and communities, especially like ours, they are small, but they're mom-and-pop businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. whether it be a local restaurant, uh, a, a, a bar, a clothing store, whatever, we've got them all around the square. And, and, and the profit margin every month is tight. They don't have money to tight. write out $8,000 yeah. attorney's $8,000 is, is pretty yeah. big. Uh, that's a lot of lettuce, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so... Okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Mr. Ken Berger has been good enough to be with us. We're going to talk about another case that's coming up that he's already been working on as well. Jackson's on the board. I'm Ed Raymer for the Edwin Lee Raymer Show. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. It's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full-fledged follow give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website at piofmt.com. That's piofmt.com. I felt so alone, scared, angry, full of self-pity. I just wanted to die, so I took another drink. Then I heard about AA and went to my first meeting. The people there talked about those same feelings. I was no longer alone. They gave me help to stop drinking and hope to start living. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. Hey, this is Ed, everybody. Want to tell you about a sponsor of ours. We've got Complete Yard Care. Their slogan is, we do it all. Low-maintenance landscape design, retaining walls, tree removal, stump grinding, lawns cut mulching, landscaping. Now, you can reach them at 615-785-0384. Or you can look them up on the web at completeyardcaretn.com. They have a five-star ranking on Google. That's Complete Yard Care. We do it all. Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Mullins Jewelers, 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee.
Thank you. And we are back with attorney Ken Berger here in town. Now, Ken, one more question on this. We were just talking. These people with this, uh, the uh, uh, Americans with Disabilities uh, thing out of Memphis, they're still in operation only in other states. Well, they're still operating in Tennessee. Uh, Judge Crenshaw didn't issue an injunction. He didn't shut them down. He he laid out in that opinion, by the way, if anybody wants to see it, it's a matter of public record on file. It's a, but he, he gave them a, what I would describe a, a severe scolding and told them that uh, he used the word that their ethical practices were suspect uh, and uh, made findings, <coughs> excuse me, in the opinion, essentially what they were doing were wrong. I mean, sure. it, 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 the, and I'll say this, and then I'll, I'm not to get too much into the facts of it. These people alleged that Miss Newman's entrance into that Avis rental place and there that he could not get in in his wheelchair because of the incline. Well, I mean, tomorrow There's morning, no if you have time, there. we took a four foot ruler down there and the bubble is in the middle. It's, uh, it's we, not, it is that, as my flat wife's as been going be. And my wife carries a, a, a disabled and, uh, sticker in her car, has for years, perfectly legal. She's never had any trouble at all, all getting in All the signs are in there. order, all the, all the markings on the driveway. That's the reason said, I knew. I said, this is insane. Right. And I said, we got to get them. And when you had called the first time a few months back, I said, they don't run that building. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, you know, I can't speak for the other matters. And let me tell you, I, I'm not an ADA expert. I, I sure. stumbled into this and, and uh, tried to get up to speed on it, but I'm anything that's, I sure have never, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever had an ADA case before that. If I have, I don't remember, but it, well, I mean, an it's ADA not my is specialty pretty, it's by any pretty straight on. It's, you got to read but, the law. That's yeah, because our, our disabled folks now that travel around, they have access. They have wheelchair accessibility. They've got electric wheelchairs, which are fantastic. Which they wouldn't have except for They that can law. go You're places right. by themselves. They have a, a, a van that's wheel, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. accessible, and they spend money. Well, I can't you know? speak to the other cases, but I know. I mean, I'll just sit flat up. Uh, and I, I hesitate. You know, lie is an ugly word. Uh, I don't like to call people liars and say they're... they're let me tell you, uh, it's hard not to use that word. They, f- they fabricated the story against the Avis premises down here. It is as flat as can be. I know it is. Uh, you, yeah. you, could, you, you lay a golf ball down that. It's not going to roll one way or the right. other. It is flat. And so where this story came up about it being... And, and, you know, well, it's a, a story. An impediment for that wheelchair it's a story. Yeah, is it, just, it's bizarre, and uh, there, right. there's a whole lot more to this that I'll spare you the lengthy version of this uh, torturously long story. But <laughs> okay. uh, you know, she never came to Murfreesboro. We we filed a request for sanctions against her. She never came. After we spent two hours in court down there that day, two and a half hours, and I'm in there haranguing about how flat the area is and how she didn't properly plead it under this Rule 12 motion that we filed, and all the technicalities. In between all of those technicalities, we were arguing. We were saying, you know, it's as flat as can be, Judge. Here are the pictures. It's as flat as can be. She continued to maintain to the judge that that uh, it, that what I was saying was quote just not right, whatever that meant, just not right. That it actually was. Made some odd comment to the court that just my not client, right. She seriously said this. Ed. She said to the judge that Miss Newman, who had filed an affidavit, it was not in a position to describe whether or not it was flat or not because she did not have legal expertise in the definitions of the ADA and that only an ADA uh, expert 
could describe what was flat for ADA purposes. Now, you know, let me, I, I'm not exaggerating that story. There's a transcript that's again on file for that. She okay. said my client needed an expert to tell her what flat was. And, I, you well, know, I go to get you, I've got several levels at the house. I'll be glad to loan those, plumb bobs, all that stuff. I'll be I glad to help her out. Foot, you know? I brought my four foot level from the yeah. workshop. And Christian and I made pictures, close-up pictures of where the bubble was, and it was right in the middle of where it's supposed to be. It's it's crazy stuff. The whole thing, crazy. yeah. And, you know, and the bad part about it, it wastes a lot of people's time. And a lot of people that are, that are running small it, businesses that really don't you know, have time the, to waste. You know, Ed, you know, the epilogue to that story is this. That's right. Mm. It gives – there are many, many, many fine attorneys out there who do specialize in ADA. They do. And right. who do gallantly stand up for the little man, gallantly sure. stand up for the truly disabled. This kind of s- business model, this type of shakedown scheme gives those good lawyers and those truly worthy ADA plaintiffs a bad name. And that's, well, the, that's the shame to it. I want to say on behalf of all of them, and if you'll never hear it yet, thank you for doing this because this is something needed to be taken care of. These are the, the cases you don't hear anything about. Yeah, okay? yep, that's true. And, and, and you know, and it, it needs to be... That's, again, I, I am anything but seeking publicity. I don't have time to take the cases that come in now. Uh, but I want everybody who will listen to me to, to, to call. I mentioned, yeah. you know, call Miss Newman. Call. While you're talking to her, check with her about your her. She's a real estate lady. And if she, sure. You, she, you can. You, you can uh, well, she, they can reach you. You're at you. uh, yeah. number six, Public Square. Number 12. Number 12. Number 12. But, I misspoke there. But really, 12, Public the, Square. The and I know story. you're not here to advertise because you can't advertise on your station. But you can here on my show. <laughs> and I strongly urge you. This man has, in the past, he's given of his time to me and my um, one day, me and my brother walked in there unexpected, and we, we had a, a, a nice talk, and you gave of your time, and we, I haven't ever forgotten that. Well, I pre- you know, honestly, we appreciate it. it I appreciate you know. it. I, the last thing in the world I need at, at age 77 is another case or more cases. I, I'm Understood. I'm, I'm thankful for the clients I have now, pleased with the caseload that I have now. Right. Uh, but uh, I, like I said earlier, I don't have the energy I used to. So Sounds I like want cr- people to go to their lawyer, and I want their lawyer – to uh, take them on. That's Sounds right. like Christian's about to get a lot busier. <laughs> he, may, he may. He may. And Claire, too, yeah. for that matter. Okay. Now, you were talked to this week. You had an interview with uh, 60 Minutes. Well, yeah, anyway, we a couple mentioned, weeks ago. And, and honestly, I didn't come in prepared to tell you about that today, but it's kind of an understand, interesting story. Tell since us you what asked you, me about what it. You can. I'll tell you what I can about it. You know, and this, this <coughs> story has an interesting backdrop. Uh, you were talking about podcasts earlier. Uh, right. If, uh, if, you, if anybody, any of the listeners out there want to check out this podcast, it is, to me, fascinating, not just because it focuses on my case against BP oil down in, in uh, New Orleans and in Nashville, but um, because it is a true David versus Goliath story. My client in it is a boat captain out of Port Cadet, Mississippi. Point, yeah, Port, Point, Point Cadet, I think it is. Which is and this about, is a private private industry, private not, not, with, boat not with the Navy or anything like no, he's that. He's a private right. boat. He takes right. people out fishing and, and does uh, does industrial work, or did industrial work till this, this tragedy befell him. But he um, he was a, a, an interesting guy. As I said, if you want to bring him in here sometime and talk to him about this, he'll... he'll uh, he's From what you're telling me, I probably off. would. He's yeah. an interesting... You, you, I think you guys would bond. Uh, he's an interesting <laughs> fellow. Okay. He was, a, he was a roughneck down there on the oil oh, rigs in the Gulf of Mexico yeah. and went to work on the boats. And then he saved up his money. He's a smart guy, very smart, as you'll hear in a minute. 
And he, uh, not much education, but he's an example that you don't, there's, a, there's no correlation necessarily between education and being smart. Using common sense, yeah, too. Yeah, We're about, he, back he, to common John, sense again. Common, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's, he was a smart man who's used his resources wisely. But the, the beginning point on that, this story that is covered, let me mention this. There is a company, um, a podcast company out of Los Angeles called American Public Media. And they have done a series of stories eight-part series on the Deepwater Horizon explosion with the eighth uh, part of that focusing solely on Captain Moss's lawsuit, which is the only one that has prevailed against BP on this Corexit uh, uh, chemical that they, they use down there. But um, it's called Ripple, R-I-P-P-L-E. It's an eight-part series. Okay. And, uh if you don't mind me recommending, I'd recommend you start with part eight first because that's about the case in federal court in Nashville that involved me and Captain Moss. And the other first seven parts of the series are all these poor souls, these poor souls who worked down there cleaning up the oil who became contaminated with this uniquely, uniquely highly toxic chemical called Corexit. Uh, the backdrop on this story uh, and again, stop me if I go on too much. In this. No, no, back, no, no. Go right ahead. This. No, I'm doing you know, something 2010, here. the summer of 2010, the Deepwater Horizon oil rig, about 40 miles off Point Cadet, exploded. Uh, several people right. were killed. It burned for days. Uh, lots of, many, many initial injuries uh, as a result of that. The big environmental tragedy was that it began gushing, and gushing is a modest word for it, millions of gallons of crude oil per day out of that big hole that had left there. And they couldn't cap it because it was so low. It was the deepest um, rig in the world, as I understand it, five more than a mile down, a little over a mile down. Okay. So they had a heck of a time trying to cap it and to cut that off. And they tried for over two months before they finally were successful with, billion, with millions gushing out every day. There was so much uh, congressional turmoil, so much publicity about it. BP was about to lose their mind. So in their corporate desperation, with the complete absence of a corporate conscience, which frequently happens, BP decides they're going to use a chemical called Corexit, spelled C-O-R-E-X-I-T, which is banned in virtually every country in the world, except for a few, most of them third world countries and... The United States EPA <laughs> permitted it, permitted it for very limited uses under limited circumstances. Very little research. And certainly by people that should know what they're doing. Ab absolutely. So, right. But it's like so many of these trade-offs. This Corexit stuff, it may be deadly, but it's effective. It would hit that crude oil and it would sink it quickly to the bottom of the ocean, which is another question. But what happens after it gets it down there? Well, the shrimp and they're all getting it. And the right. people are eating the shrimp. But anyway, mm, yeah, understood. it takes it off understood. the surface of the ocean. So BP began immediately, within, within a week of the explosion and the gushing, BP began right. pumping hundreds of thousands of gallons of this Corexit both into the infusion site where the oil was coming out, most of it they sprayed on the oil that it collected on top with right. big C-130 type yeah. airplanes. I remember seeing the, seeing well, the pictures. During the same period of time, everybody, every boat captain who owned a charter boat from New Orleans to Tampa, BP brought them on, and, and they used these oil booms, you know, where they oil sure. floats. Right. And they look like yeah. a floaty, like your child would float on, and it corrals sure. the oil. 
the idea being they would corral it and then they would spray from the airplane and aerosol form this corrects it okay well captain moss and his crew were among the people who worked on that they were out there every day they had no protective equipment they were told by bp that corrects it is quote as safe as dawn liquid soap you know the stuff they put sure. on the little ducks on they the advertise it on television safe as can be sure. safe as can be right. had no protective equipment most of them were out there in tennis shoes flip-flops and a pair of briefs no shirt no pants it's 98 degrees 90 sure. percent humidity sure. and they're this corrects it's coming down on their bodies and uh some people had immediate acute symptoms serious symptoms some had no symptoms at all um captain moss and my involvement in this story <clears throat> skips ahead five, six years. BP settled all the initial injury cases where sure. people were burned and, right. and, and had all these other terrible injuries from, from the explosion. But they knew uh, it had come out. I don't know if you remember or not, BP had lied to Congress, and two or three of BP's senior-level people were, committed, were, were convicted of felonies for lying. BP okay. itself was convicted of a criminal felony, something very unusual. Was it just fined? They were fined billions, but they were also, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, they paid, they paid uh, damages, punitive damages for millions, billions, but they also were fined criminally. So this, there were these findings about what they had done and all the negligence and how badly it had gone down and kind of buried in the footnotes of these congressional records and the congressional reports on it and the reports of the EPA and the Coast Guard and the Navy were these things. We have great concerns about this Corexit. The European studies right. show that any slight contact with it at all can cause damage to the epithelial cells in the lung. To mm. where you know it's what gets the oxygen from your lungs into your bloodstream. Sure. And so they they knew this was a a, a bomb waiting to go off five to ten years down the line, malfunctioning livers, blood cancer. Which explains why they Chem settled so early with so many people. Chemical probably. asthma, absolutely. That's right. But here's where, you know, another uh, disparagement, I hate to say, of the legal profession. There's a judge down there in New Orleans, Judge Carl Barbier. New Orleans, by the way, really the entire Fifth Circuit and Eleventh Circuit, Florida and Louisiana, Mississippi, they are all what I would call, I'll, I'll use my, choose my words carefully since I'd like to keep my law license a while longer, uh, they are what I was. They are industry uh, industry sensitive. They they are pro industry. They like the oil companies sure. from uh, exactly. the smallest trial courts up to their sure. appellate level judges. So, and we all know this. And this is me talking now. This is not Ken Berger. These oil companies are in the politics. The politicians, they, huge they, contributions, huge big, contributions, yeah, yeah. big big pack contributions. All so, that. Go ahead. They, anyway, please. go back to about two thousand. The explosion occurred in 2010. Go to about 2015, 2016, and there was this big debate down there. What do we do about all these people who we know are going to have delayed chemical asthma, delayed uh, liver malfunctions, delayed uh, blood cancer, all of the sure. leukemia? We know this is coming. What do we do about it? Well, the court down there appoints this so-called plaintiff's steering committee, and they get paid hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and they end up selling out the plaintiffs in the worst way the most obscene way possible they take their millions of dollars and they literally work with the bp oil attorneys and they master they, they prepare this masterful piece of paperwork 
that says that black is white mm. and up is down and right. hot is cold. Yeah. If yeah. you read the first three pages sure. of that as a layman, it says we're going to take care of these poor oil workers who worked out here in the sun who are developing these mm -hmm. late stage diseases. Uh, Did this include your client? Included my client. He was one of the first participants in okay. it. And so he had developed chemical asthma, real severe chemical asthma. And so they developed this piece of paper that they say will guarantee that these people will be paid when in fact if you read the fine print you read, mm -hmm. as i told the reporter okay. from 60 minutes a few weeks ago when i talked to him mm -hmm. you read the fine print it says that that you can't win it says you can't win if you really read the fine print and so what <laughs> follows from that Man. are four thousand initially four thousand they call them back-end litigation option cases b-e-l-o Mm -hmm. 4,000 of these things are filed by some very competent attorneys, the, the Downs Law Firm in, in uh, Miami and, uh, I've forgotten, the Nations uh, in, in New Orleans. They dropped all of them. They, all, they lost on all of those initial 4,000. Then about 2018-19, there was another flurry of activity and from New Orleans to I mean, Galveston, New Orleans, Tampa, over to Pensacola, one summary judgment right after another shot down. Right. Shot down. I stumbled into this as a result of Captain Moss had to give, give up everything he was doing there, but he had inherited, I think, a little farm up here on the mountain in Sparta. Okay. And he was up here tending to his goats and his whatever, and, and he had filed his, he had done a really smart job of filing his own initial administrative pay, payload under uh, paperwork under this below option. So he had preserved his rights. He had filed his own case. He did down there in federal, but he, it was it was about to be thrown out. They'd send him an order saying they're getting ready to throw it out. So he did to be thrown out. So he goes down and he takes all of his boxes of medical stuff and pleads with the judge down there to uh, bring it to, to transfer the case to Middle Tennessee. There'd never been any similar, no, no Deepwater Horizon cases anywhere in Tennessee. Some toxic tort cases Understandable. involving TVA over in mm -hmm. East Tennessee, but, right. but not here. So at first, BP really strongly resisted it. They said, oh, no, oh, no, but no, we don't do that. We yeah. don't want that case. We want it yeah. to stay down here in New Orleans in friendly territory. Sure. But I think they got to thinking about it. We pieced that together. Later, and they thought, you know, he's going to be up there in Sparta, Tennessee. He is going to hire Gomer Pyle, attorney at law, to represent him. <laughs> who do, does, does not know how to handle a complex toxic right. tort case. Yeah. And which was borne out in my first telephone conversation, a laughable conversation I had with these Delaware smartasses who called me on. Excuse uh -huh. me. That's all right. Uh, initially, no, fact and, is um, fact. <laughs> but anyway, he walks into my office without an appointment, and I take his case. And the next thing I know, I get a phone call from a couple of young lawyers, sending me milk, and they're just right out of law school. And they're, <laughs> they're, they're talking to me in the most condescending, uh, mm -hmm. dismissive manner that you could imagine. And I've Talking learned, down to you. I've learned, you know, you, you yeah. hold your tongue, you get more with honey than you do with vinegar. And I was being polite right. to them. And they were joking about never having heard from, what the hell did you pronounce that? Murfreesboro? Right. With, with, well, the one saying, the others over the giggling like a teenager about right. not ever having heard of that little country town of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'm sure. And I thought to myself, you know, a year later, to fast forward a year later, as Judge Waverly Crenshaw had soundly blew them out of court on their summary judgment motion, the first ever against BP out of Deepwater Horizon, the one and only as of this date, Captain Moss beat them on summary judgment. I beat them on summary judgment. <laughs> and he was on the verge of throwing out all six of BP's 
so-called expert witnesses, leaving my expert witness, who was Dr. Vina Antony, who was the lady who had done all of the seminal research. All of the, if you go out there and do research on Corexit, you'll find 200 articles. All of those 200 articles quote Dr. Vina Antony for having done the initial research. This was She's your consultant that you She used. was my expert who your testified expert. in front of right. Judge Crenshaw. She's the one who put the Corexit mixed with oil on the slide with the epithelial lung cells and said, there is no question about duration or time or level of exposure. Any Correct, minute yeah. exposure will damage the lungs. But anyway. Uh, now, your man also, uh, I think as you mentioned, I don't, I don't want to get anybody in trouble here, but he lost a couple of his employoys. Uh, a, couple of them have, a couple of them have died with cancer. I'll tell you the best backdrop for this story. There is an, an environmental, uh, not podcast, uh, what do you call it, blog called blog. The Guardian. Okay. If you want to really heard of it, you, yep. you know, and I'll, I'll spare you my further droning on here about it. But go look at the Guardian and read about about the incident itself and the use of Corexit itself, and predominantly about Captain Moss uh, and 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 his prevailing in this one case against BP. Wow. Uh, and there and the, as I said, the American public media uh, ripple. I don't quite understand that name. R I P P L E podcast that uh, they just dropped that eighth episode last week, I don't know, last Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, Associated Press is getting ready to do a series of, um, multiple series of stories on BP and its vast corruption. I'll be on you the You know what they say about uh, mm-hmm. you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. BP is corrupt to the core. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they, they proved that when they lied to Congress and tried to, they were telling Congress that it was spilling 5,000 barrels a day when it was spilling closer to 500,000. Oh, it was, uh, I saw, we all saw the underwater. Yeah. Uh, I say we all saw them. I, I saw them. And I said, man, it's a lot of oil coming out of that, out of that pipeline. In, in fact, you know. un, un, unfathomable. Uh, it bizarre, was. Bizarre. But yeah. the, those are the two good sources. And the 60 Minutes thing is supposed to air, uh, I don't know, sometime over in the spring. They didn't tell me. Are you on the air? They brought mm-hmm. a camera crew they, with they you. They came up uh, last right. week and spent about an hour with me. The, the one that aired last week in... They aired a, the thing that I sent you that I thought you might be interested in was right. aired on WWL, which is the CBS affiliate in New Orleans. It's it's always been a hot button topic down there in New Orleans. And, oh, I bet and, it uh, is. Um, sure. BP's power and corruption, and so a really nice uh, nice gentleman who's on the, one of the producers for CBS, uh, David Hammer, H A M M E R. Okay. All right. Uh, and they aired about did it. The, what, did they, the reporter come and talk to you? So who was the reporter? David was, Hammer. David Hammer. Hammer. He was from the CBS affiliate in New Orleans, and he's okay. the one who's on the right. uh, on the uh, on the eight minute. It was about an eight minute excerpt, mostly with. I'm going to try Hills. and look this up. I'm sure this can be found on YouTube. Yeah, it's well. I don't know if it's on YouTube. You can you can if you get uh, if you have uh, you know the cable thing where you can get the stations around the sure, country. Sure, sure. They have it uh, preserved, you know, down there, and they have a big section of investigations right this guy's okay done his investigative reporting and it's an interesting story um the 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 blog um, the the, uh, the podcast is really the most interesting thing because the young and i can't think of the young man's name who did that but he does it's, it's like listening to a john grisham novel uh the the sad heartbreaking stories that he relates uh, the, the people who are exposed to this correct oh, i'm sure it is uh right one life after another destroyed as a result of it and bp says too bad too bad for you too bad most of these people are not highly educated people most of them are not 
business they, savvy they are sophisticated. Not. Right. They're not. And and, and you're uh, talking mainly about Florida residents that would be there in in the, mostly the Louisiana. Panhandle. Mostly Louisiana. Mostly Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana okay. and southern Mississippi. Port Cadet, where Captain Moss was stationed with his charter boat, it was about 40 miles due north of the Deepwater Horizon explosion. Right. Uh, Port Cadet is, you know, it's probably within an hour's drive of the Louisiana border, so it's all down there in that little pocket. Uh, I'm not familiar. I've never been to New Orleans. I want to go one of these days. But you know, I never have either. Um, of course, everyone wants to go see, um, what is it? The, Bourbon Street? The Quarter. Yeah, the French Bourbon Quarter. Street. Yeah. Bourbon Street and all that. But what you're talking about, um, this is undoubtedly, this is a major news story, and it has landed right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, to some extent, all because a man walked into your office and said, hey, I'm going to need to. He knew when he had reached his limit. He filed his own suit. That's great. That's wonderful. You, but you know he what, was smart enough to know, hey, I'm going to need somebody that knows. You uh, know, the, the epilogue to that story is this, and I've said, I've told the 60 Minutes people, I tell you, I, I didn't work any legal wizardry on that case. Right. We won that case. We were the only ones to win for two reasons. One, they were foolish enough to let it get transferred out of their territory down there and up here to Middle sure. Tennessee to a judge who has common sense and a strong sense of right and wrong. And the second thing is I stumbled across Vena Antony through an old malpractice case that I had years ago. Vena Antony and Judge Crenshaw are the ones who blew BP out of the water on that Great, more than yeah. me and Captain Moss. But the epilogue to this right. this story is 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 this. They asked me what I would recommend to the, all of these. I started getting phone calls when I, this case was published last year. Sure. All over there. And I said, you know, I can't. I'm old. I'm not traveling. I can't come to San Antonio. Or, you know, I cannot take your case. I wish you well with it. But people say, what do you recommend? Right. What do you recommend? You know what? My recommendation mm -hmm. to everybody out there, there are still probably another three or 4,000 of those cases pending, these back-end litigation. My advice to all of those people is forget about it. Drop it. You're not going to win. I caught them with their pants down because they underestimated me and they underestimated they, they sent mm -hmm. down here some expert witness things that had worked in their friendly climate that I think any halfway competent lawyer would have told them would have failed under what we call the Daubert rule, and they waited too long to amend those. I let them get past that before I filed my motion to exclude it. They didn't have any choice but to discuss with us the resolution. They had to put up with so you. It, yeah, we, right. So we went through a, a mediation, and we concluded the case on what we call confidential terms, uh, un, un, that are satisfactory to both parties. I think that's the wording we Understood. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get Jackson here. We're going to get out of here in just a minute. Ken, thank you so much. We're going to wind up with uh, Thanks for the invitation. our second thing of, uh, of, of ads to take us out of the hour. Ken Berger, I want to thank you at 12 Public Square. You've been there for a while. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it looks like you might make it in this thing, Ken. I don't you know. What know. I, I, I want to make it is to the door. I need to be out of there. I, I need to retire. I'm tired. Well, you, said, you know, and I was thinking, you said you sometimes in the afternoon you get a little. Oh, man. Some uh, days. Some day, you know, oh, yeah. You know, need that nap or whatever. And, the, and I'm blaming it on the COVID. I believe that COVID. I think the final chapter 
on the neurological effects of that COVID monster has not yet been written. I, you, you know, you're, the case you're talking about is, is very old, is, is, is getting old now, and COVID has not been, we don't know Ten years exactly. from now, yeah, there'll be a National Geographic article that will tell sure. us all we need to know about will COVID, be. you know. Ken Barker's been our guest. I'm Ed Raymer for the Edwin Lee Raymer Show. Jackson, thank you. We're going to play out, play out with our series of ads here to finish us up. And uh, once again, Ken, thanks so thanks much. Thanks for the invitation. As Best usually. to, your, to Enjoy your, 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 program. your wonderful wife and your family. Thank you so much. And I'll tell you what, till next Sunday at 8 o'clock, I'm Ed Raymer. I'll catch you down the road. Good night.